Hi, everybody. If you're always on the lookout for new podcasts, I've started a second podcast with friend of the show, Lena Thomas. Our podcast is called What the Puck? And it's a more intimate journal for the two of us. It'll serve as an archive for our wacky stories and adventures. The first episode of What the Puck? is available to download, and new episodes will be released every other Wednesday on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information, go to puckingpodcast.com. Give it a shot. It might be a good detour in the interim between seasons. Previously on the Sagas Podcast. There is a lot of history with this film. Thunderball was actually supposed to be the very first James Bond movie ever made. Really? The script was written by a man named Kevin McClory. Pretty much when the production fell through uh, for Thunderball to be the first one made, Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond, who wrote all the novels, took that script that Kevin McClory wrote and fashioned a book from it. And there is Thunderball the book. No way. So when time came and they're like, I think it's time to do Thunderball now, they used this mix of original oh, no. script and book. So it got into like this legal battle and Kevin Clore, the original script writer, got so pissed off that he was like, well, I'm going to make my own James Bond film. Oh. I don't know if you knew this, but this is the only James Bond film that has ever been remade, but it's called Never Say Never Again. There is more history to this film than any other film in the series wow. um, because it kind of served as like the linchpin for the main antagonist, the main organization that was behind all of these earlier films. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 25, a bonus episode of the Sagas Podcast. My name is John O'Davis, and this is a nerd-centric podcast where in each season I'll be covering a specific film series. Today, we'll be talking about Never Say Never Again, the unofficial entry in the James Bond saga. Up next, I'll recap and review the movie with today's roundtable, featuring Liz Shad and Daniel Patillo. Are you ready? Let's continue this saga. everyone hello hello this is the 25th episode of the sagas podcast Ooh. we are at our bonus episodes the official series is done it is good to go yes it is bonus out. time we've had a nice little three-week hiatus and now happy holidays y'all happy, happy holidays. holidays what do you want for oh first first we have liz shad hello coming back you just heard her in the final episode inspector so welcome back happy to be here yeah. What do you want for Christmas, Liz? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love some sleep. Maybe maybe a nice cup of hot cocoa with some Baileys with a big old marshmallow on top. I'm very easy Ooh. to please. Oh, <laughs> it's the little things for me. Yeah. 
and welcome back, Daniel. Hello. We last saw you in Goldeneye, and then you also did Man with the Golden Gun. Here yes. we have you in a movie that does not have gold in the title. It does not. It's the first time, so and I feel back. a little empty on the side because of that. What Just, do you want for Christmas, Daniel? Uh, all the children in the world to sing in perfect harmony. Oh, that's wonderful. And if I wasn't stealing it from Steve Martin, it would be really, really original. But what I really don't, I don't know. I I had so much time that I've been dealing with other things at home that I have not pondered that. My mother's getting angry because I've not answered her email yet either. Oh, Oh, mine has, she keeps asking me, please send me lists. I need lists for Christmas. And and that time. The thing is, like, I'm an adult now. So usually when I want something, I'll just go out and get it. And so (laughs) the things that I want or are just, all like five hundred dollars, and I can't ask like, my mother Mom, for those anymore. Can you get me a new car. Yeah. <laughs> like, you get me... <laughs> I, I I suspect we're going to end up getting new dishes because we still have the ones from IKEA from when we first moved in together, and we're just we've mismatched numbers of bowls and things. I'm like I would like a set of plates that match. Yeah, I think that, that maybe some nice live ones, in large like eight place settings, and I could have people over. Yeah, we're being an adult. I. Ugh. You know, we we just <laughs> broke our vacuum cleaner, and to save ourselves <laughs> from being those people that ask for a vacuum for Christmas. Because, I mean, that's no fun. Mm-hmm. We just went ahead and got it, even though we didn't want to get it. But we were like, I don't want to ask for a vacuum for Christmas. We can get a little bit more creative than that. So. I mean, I would want a vacuum. I need a new vacuum, actually, so that I might ask for a new get vacuum a new for vacuum. Christmas. Yeah. That's actually not I, a bad we, idea. We've reached the point in our lives where practical Christmas gifts are rewarding because then the money I would have spent on something practical, I can buy something fun with for myself. That's Precisely. Well, <laughs> welcome back, guys. This is Never Say Never Again. This is the 1983 picture where they got Sean Connery back, and this is after his little hiatus from James Bond. His last one was Diamonds Are Forever. The listeners have heard the story behind the whole Thunderball litigation and the reason why they did Never Say Never Again. They've heard it a dozen times. Not going to repeat it in this one. So we're just going to jump right on into the movie. Perfect. Exactly. But this is a remake of Thunderball. Yeah. Boy, howdy. And here's the thing. I've listened to a lot of other podcasts where they have covered this movie as well. Mm -hmm. And they say that this movie is far superior to Thunderball. Here is my beef with that. I completely disagree. Jono has a whole cow with this one. This one, I, I think when they get it right, there are some great elements to this movie. There when are some they cool get it things. Wrong? Oh, it's so bad. I, I agree with you. I don't see how anyone looks at this and goes, oh man, it's amazing. And, I, and I'll be honest. Thunderball is not one I have seen even remotely recently. Same. You're okay. But I just watched this and I just, I, according to these other people, Thunderball must just totally suck. I was going to say Thunderball must be a horrible movie. (laughs) And uh, Sarah did that episode, didn't she? She did. So listening to that episode, like it, I take the impression that it was incredibly slow, but not that bad. Right. This I felt was kind of, bad in the wrong ways in so, in a lot of cases like man with the golden gun is bad in the right ways <laughs> this was bad in the wrong ways in several places sure the acting in this is better okay that is okay. one of the perks of this movie the acting is way better however you're comparing this to a 1960s movie where everything was just so heightened and so campy we and- do have a good 50 Teen, almost 20 years. Yeah, and mm. it, it's just a different style of movie. Can you believe the director of this movie also did The Empire Strikes Back? And they like, both came... Empire was 81, never mind, sorry. And, uh, huh, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you know that this was the only 007 movie to be directed by an American? I did not. I didn't know Irvin Kirshner was... According to IMDb. Wow. <laughs> wow. So we're, I feel like we're going to reference IMDb a couple times because we're going to see a character come up in a little bit who I responded to in a... I responded to in a way that fits people who do not know him prior to the character that we all know him for. I know it's vague. We'll get there. Mr. Bean. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, 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 Mr. Bean. Nigel Small Fawcett. Nigel yeah. Small Fawcett, which yes. I... I, I want to have been some sort of attempt at a bad joke, like <laughs> we give Bond, like we give Bond girls funny names, like Pussy Galore and Stephanie Broadchest, and we call the guy Nigel Small Fawcett. I just I don't know that that's where they were going. Maybe I just have a dirty mind. Um, well, I mean, I'll take it. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, so Sean Connery said no, never again. I never want to play James Bond again, and then. His wife, supposedly this is the rumor, that his wife said to him when he was offered this role, and he was like, you know what? Just because I hate the Broccoli's so much, and I hate the people who did the original, uh, (laughs) the Broccoli's were the producers, not the actual food. Albert R. Broccoli, I believe. mm -hmm, There was so much hatred and uh, hostility between the two. He did this almost like out of revenge, that he was like, this is going to screw them over. So here we are with a rival company, and I'm going to make this a better James Bond movie. So his wife said, well, never say never again, and thus we have the title. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Ugh, in the last line of the whole movie. And the um, last, yeah. We'll get there. Do you, we'll get, sorry. With a nice yeah. coy Jumping the gun. But do you know who was supposed to be Bond before Connery agreed to do it? Who? Lazenby. <gasps> right? Liz has out-researched the hell out of me. Listen, I like <laughs> trivia. <laughs> wow. A you lot. read the entire IMDb page, didn't you? I did. Okay. There were a lot of facts. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I, I, I only I, picked the top five things I found to be I'll, interesting. I'll be honest. I made the remark about referencing IMDb several times because I only referenced it for the Mr. Bean thing, which we'll discuss more when we get to Mr. <laughs> Small Fawcett. Yes, well, indeed. Because Mr. Bean is not really the response we should all have to that. But True. Johnny that. English, you mean. Johnny or Bla- Edmund Blackadder, um, uh, who he was actually Sean... playing at the time, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Doing a Sean Connery impression to his face. <sighs> yes. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine George Lazenby doing this because I. The thing is, I don't know how much better he would have made this movie. I think he's a better actor so than Sean Connery in this franchise. Um, I don't know if anyone could have made this better. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's a, a person could have made this better, but I think that what they could have done to make this better was to just drop the whole 007. just remake Thunderball and yeah. drop the 007 crap. Because the Q sequence was weak. Oh. There wasn't even Q. That wasn't Q. I would say that was Q yeah. slash Algernon yeah. was weak. M was M was a twit. <laughs> so sour. Money Penny was like, brief. <laughs> Money Penny was brief. They could have just dropped the James Bond thing, remade Thunderball, and we would all have gone, it's a Thunderball remake. And it would still have lived in canon, as it were, on a, as a non-Eon film, but it just wouldn't... The, the James Bond part is what makes it really awkward, because we all know mm-hmm. it's not really James Bond. Yeah. It is, but it's not. Yeah, and of course, they didn't have the rights to do, like, the gun barrel sequence, to do, like, any of right. the James Bond theme. They asked John Barry if, if he would score this film, and he said, out of respect to the original franchise, yeah. no. Is this And this is... 83, so this is pre-Living Daylights, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so he's this still is, a part of He's this. still a part of it. This is before he got pissed off at AHA and said, right. I'm done with this nonsense. They, yeah. The only thing that they had to them 
were the names Spectre, Blofeld, and that whole organization. I don't recall them even. I might have missed this. I was. I, I don't recall them actually saying Blofeld. I, I I saw it. I saw the cat, and I was like, "Oh, it's Blofeld." They call um, him Supreme Commander. I don't feel like we used Blofeld. Maybe 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 I saying didn't. Blofeld ended up on the cutting room floor, but I just I don't think they ever did. Okay, honestly. I'm not crazy. Think, no, well, not that, at, all. at least that's no. not that did cross my mind yeah. that they never brought just, it up. But the, I knew who we, it was. So it was a cat. We had it with the cat. It was either him or Doctor Evil. So yeah, and he's the head of the Spectre organization. So there you have it. So, Never Say Never Again, it was originally titled James Bond of the Secret Service, and that well, was, that was the original that. name of the movie, and they said, <laughs> a little too close to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, yeah, so we're not going to do that. Yeah, Never um, Say Never Again is, is actually a, it's a good movie title, actually. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the, what's that, Andy Samberg, pop star, don't stop stopping, keep oh, on yeah. stopping, whatever it is. <laughs> Reminds me of that kind of like. And now in my head, farcical. it's no longer a good movie title. <laughs> well, there it went. It had forty-five seconds. But I think if they used James Bond of the Secret Service, that's a little too on the nose for them to say, "Ha, we want to make this a rival and better, you know, franchise." So we're going to actually call it James Bond of the Secret Service. Yeah, it's that's silly. Too, yeah, too it's silly. On the nose. And oh yeah, I mean, right from the get-go, it just doesn't feel right. We jump in to the very beginning of the movie. We don't have that gun barrel sequence, but we have this big thing of 007s just, like, coming at us on the screen. You know, that was actually, like, as a visual effect for the time, I was actually like, that's kind of cool. It's, we see this grating thing, and it looks like we're looking through a window in mesh, and then we realize that it's just 007, 007 all the way across. And that that part was cool. That I didn't bother me that. so much. The, the whole awkward first action sequence <laughs> with the theme song just... Right. <laughs> I was like, what is going... And so... I told this Liz already, and I told you I had a moment that set the tone for the movie. The, the thing that set the tone for this movie for me was that very first punch that's thrown. Oh, my God. You see, you see the punch land, you see his head pop back, and then you hear the sound of them, you know, smacking a mat, breaking carrots, or whatever they do off in the Foley artist to – whatever the Foley artist is doing to make that punch sound. The timing is so bad, and it continues for the entire movie. That's so true. Well, yeah. Well, and – it's also that drawback that he has when he uh, when he extends that that arm to punch somebody. It's so slow. It's very Roger Moore so, of you to a kill. Yes, but it's also this reminds me of a totally a total a, a moment in a Batman movie. You remember Batman Forever, and Jim Carrey looks at Tommy Lee Jones and says, "Show me how to punch a guy." And it's oh yeah, oh fist, yeah, reach, reach way, way back, back and assert yourself. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, cool. We just did that. that. Just discussing this right now made me think. I was like, oh, mm, mm, boom. Well, speaking of Roger Moore, Sean Connery was in his early old. 50s. <laughs> he was old. <laughs> he was in his early 50s when he did Sorry, this movie. Y'all. But Roger Moore was still three years older than Sean Connery at the same time. But How old is Daniel Craig right now? He's 49. Yeah, he's in his late 40s. So not old enough to be complaining about doing this role with age? No, I feel compared like, to other I, I feel to like, like Roger Moore, Sean Connery. I feel like that Daniel Craig is looking at his. I mean, he's been Bond for almost ten years at this point, mm-hmm. and I think he's ready to just be like, "It's time for me to be done with it." Before I get to that point, of people are going, "You are too old, sir." But they've already made mention of it. This is kind of going off into the weeds, but um, they've made mention of it in Skyfall and Inspector, where he's getting older. He's yeah. a little off his game right now, and. I think they planted those seeds yeah. perfectly. So where if he does go a little bit slower in the next movie, eh, we get it. Yeah. You kind of made yeah. mention to it. Um, so James Bond is running through the armed ruins to rescue a kidnapped woman. And then he kills everybody in this entire 
what we find is a training exercise. Uh, the woman stabs Bond, and surprise, it's a field exercise. With a retractable knife. Okay, so I have so many questions about this sequence. Because they did say that they, after the fact, when he's talking to the to We're reviewing footage. Yes. they. It is mentioned that they use blanks, but you can clearly hear ricochets throughout. And yeah. also, like, there, and with the punching in several instances, I really feel like some people died in that training exercise. I, I, it, I feel like that, too, and it's... The whole thing to me is awkward because we're watching <laughs> the whole movie's awkward, but we're watching this action sequence and there's just kind of just casual walking down the street ballad going on. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. The so, most upbeat, happy, like, blah, like this blah, is, blah. well, this is where we get the theme song, what they consider the theme song. Never say never again by Lonnie Hall. It's that never, never. Never say never again. And never, never say. Oh, it's and, awful. Awful. And John and I have had this conversation a little bit, and, and we could easily do an hour on Bond theme songs. <laughs> I have a playlist. I've listened to them all. I, I have personally ranked them because I'm weird like that. But this one would clearly land down in 26 for me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and and it, For the sake of... We, we, we can throw my notes somewhere if people really want to see what my ranking is. We'll I, post them. I, I mean, I, I will those. gladly post them and, and take commentary. I know that John and I did for greatly. I'd be willing to off tape put them up against Liz, but perfect. this is way down at 26 for me. And there's not even a question. You know what? You <laughs> heard my thoughts in the last episode, Liz. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to say Another Way to Die in Quantum of Solace is a worse song than this. I, I disagree with that. Really? Another Hardcore. Way to Die is at the bottom yes. of my list. It's it's down there for sure. I love Jack White and Alicia Keys separately. Separately, but together, yeah. but together, it into a mess. it's cacophonous. Yeah. Um, but I still think this is worse. This this, this was really worse. And this is a really bad song. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'll give you that whole ranking afterwards, and we can throw it on the Facebook or whatever, and people can yeah, can comment and, and tell me how crazy I am, or they can put your own list up there. I'm curious to know what. I would, you know, I would actually love to see what the other guest hosts think because. Yeah. It, there's no way to really rank these. It's it's too subjective to rank this. But I'm curious to see what everybody else thinks. Um, and I, I want to know what everybody just thinks I'm just way off mark. Um, no, let's do I, it. I know that people's opinions on Madonna is going to vastly differ th- than mine when it comes to Bond songs. Um, I felt like a fool during the Die Another Day episode when I asked the two co-hosts, hey, what did you think of the Madonna song, <laughs> wink, wink? And they were like, oh, we loved it. And I, here I was going... Oh no! Uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, was surprised because that's that's also down. It's towards... catchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. no, it, it, but it's. Uh, oh God! No. Anyway, we're, oh. Um, fit, back, back to whatever. the task. We'll we're go doing back a great the, job yeah. at, at sidetracking ourselves. So, um, from this. hell, um, <laughs> long episode so coming. We meet M in this series, and he's played by Edward Fox. Now. The first scene we see him, he's very sour and grumpy and just not the kind of M, the warm, friendly, almost dad-like figure. I I don't feel like we got that kind of M until the very end of the movie. Like, there's just no joy from M this whole... But in a way, the second scene that we see him, when he gives Bond the approval, when he pulls him back into service, I kind of got used to his dour behavior because... It became really funny to me. It it settles with you, and you, but I just it. I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of preconceived notions. I was going to say, for just, me, he wasn't around enough to for me to really attach emotionally kind of anyway. So I was just kind of like, yeah. huh. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, yeah. Emma sour and finds little use for the double O section. Bond mostly teaches he's, at this point. Yeah, he's been teaching, which is 
I don't know where Bond is teaching. We didn't. I don't. We didn't hit that, did we? Is he shuffled off to the police? Is he off to the FBI or the MI6 Academy, as it were? Or what's he he doing? I think because M doesn't really find the Double O section that valuable at this point, he has resorted to teaching, which he says that he resents. Yet we saw him in a training exercise in the first minute of the movie. So that he apparently did okay. not execute well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. He had been killed twice that week. So So M enrolls Bond at a health clinic to eliminate all those free radicals. This is one of the places where I feel like they actually did something cool because he shows up in a Bentley, which is a reference to what Ian Fleming actually originally wrote. He originally drove Bentleys, he didn't yeah. drive Aston Martins. The one issue I will pick with this is that he should have showed up in a in an 80s Bentley. He should have showed up in something relatively current. It was cool hmm. to show up in it, but it just it felt like it was awkward. Hmm. Like it just didn't it didn't make any sense to me. I would I would have rather preferred him showed up in like. Um, I think I know. What you, yeah, I I know what you're talking Cause he, about because he always has a contemporary car, and that's my thing. Is that Bond always has a somewhat contemporary car, and he shows up, and he just feels like. He feels retired and old school. He feels like your grandfather showing up in your grandfather's classic car. Not this guy that you want to be cool showing up in a cool car. Mm. Well, I don't know. Maybe those 80s models just weren't very pretty, much like 80s fashion and 80s everything. That's true. I mean, I I am not the world's biggest Bentley connoisseur, but I I, I appreciated seeing that there. I was like, could have been a newer one. It's a minute point. The fact that they showed up in a Bentley is actually really cool because yeah. that's what Ian Fleming would have wrote. That's yes. Like his thing was. Yeah, that is true. I mean, the building was pretty old as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Everything, everything was old. <laughs> I feel like every, like, the building, you know, for something was... that was supposed to be relaxing overall, I feel like. I mean, the beds look, it looked, it almost looked like, you know, one of those rich country mental hospitals. Um, yes. Well, yeah, it looked like a country club. In movies. Yeah, like, I did enjoy that dialogue between Patricia the nurse and Bond when she says, I'm going to need a urine sample. And he just looks at her and goes, from here? Because <laughs> like, she took out a giant funny. cup and was like, I need a urine sample. <laughs> wink, wink. And he was like, hold up. She, she takes out a colander. Like, it was like, like a, like a giant... strainer and a, and a pot. A strainer? <laughs> that was... She still limited this free radical. <laughs> That's not Get how that works, John. Out. I'm concerned. That's um, um, Oh... Okay, this made me laugh out loud and pause the movie. Probably it shouldn't have, but whatever. We'll jump into it. Uh, Bond is prescribed a colonic, followed by a tea. Have y'all ever had a colonic before? No, no but I doubt that I would want a tea. You wouldn't want anything for like three days straight. <laughs> like, you want to talk about resetting your insides. Oh, God. There's no way that you would be able to. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are people that are better. I've had two colonics in my life. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that there are people that are better at it than me. But there's no way I would want to have a colonic done and then go sleep with somebody <laughs> immediately after. Like, <laughs> and what do you have? Like a suitcase full of like caviar? Yeah, and pate. And I was like, no, you're not. You're gonna be throwing up and pooping everywhere. <laughs> you crazy? You're gonna get oh, so that's so sick. funny. That's so funny. So we cut away to. The Spectre meeting, which the introduction of Fatima Blush, it was my favorite sequence in the entire movie. It was so spooky. It was so eerie where she goes into that bank. Uh, You don't see her, but from like the waist down, she's wearing these mink furs. And then they turn the key, lowers the the thing, like lowers the uh, safety deposit deposit boxes. Yeah. And then 
as she's going through that eye scanner thing, she turns around, and that's when you hear that little trumpet flare, that, you know, and yep. and it's just so, such a great introduction for her that's so spooky. Yes. Now, in Thunderball, there's a very similar character. I guess the counterpart to this was Fiona Volpe. She was this red-haired vixen who was kinky, crazy woman in the bed. But such a great character. And mm. I feel like Fatima Blush was equally as batshit crazy. I loved Fatima Blush. I loved that character. She's probably the best character. That was a long pause. Well, the best character (laughs) out of a bunch of shitty characters that that we could have in this movie. She was the best of the worst. She was. She was. Um, I do like like Barbara Carrera. She is uh, the actress who played Fatima Blush. Mm. She was originally offered the role of Octopussy in Octopussy, which was coming out that year. Oh, wow. And she chose this one because she really wanted to work with Connery. Well, oh, uh, interesting. fired on that because Octopo- Octopussy, Octopussy fared much better than this did in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, understandably so. <laughs> so we get this Spectre meeting with Max von Sydow as Blofeld. Yes. And Very interesting. Yes. He's stroking that white cat. Good to see you again, Blofeld. Fatima Blush enters. She's number 12. That is her agent name, or her bad guy name. (laughs) They call him Supreme Commander in this movie. Is that what they call Snoke in The Last Jedi? No, or in Um, The Force Awakens? Supreme Ruler? Supreme Chancellor? Supreme something. Oh. Supreme Leader? I I don't know. Anyway, we get our first view of Maximilian Largo. Yeah, he's our bad guy. Yeah. He's our bad guy. Yay! (laughs) Um, I actually didn't mind him as a bad guy. He was a little weird, but they all are. But, like, Max Largo as a bad guy is kind of like, okay, I get it. You're, you know, you've got a funky way. Again, this movie has better, to me, it has better acting in it than Thunderball. Thunderball, though, and here's, I'll say it once, and that's the only time you'll ever hear me say it on on this episode. The biggest difference between this and Thunderball is that Thunderball had this polished 007 tone to it where mm. it was a part of the original series is a part of the main flagship series it had that gun barrel it had those elements that you see in every bond movie that make it twinkle that make it sparkle and this is what it was missing yes you know yeah. largo in the original thunderball had an eye patch he was a very he was not a very unhinged person like this guy is mm. but there was just something about each of those characters presence even though the acting is better in this that made them so like memorable the difference that you're describing between original largo and current largo is it just struck me as i'm sitting here it's like the difference between zero mustel as max bialystok and nathan lane as max bialystok Mm. yes sir zero was so much bigger and you felt like he might snap at any moment Mm -hmm. um you're absolutely right you know, and I do like this version of Largo. He's a very crazed, you know, like was, throwing stuff around. He's a little more psycho. Which yeah. I think, you know, yeah. A little more unhinged, a little more unpredictable. Yeah. 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 Kind of. So we go back to the clinic and Fatima Bullish is undercover as the nurse. Oh, she beats the shit out of that patient who we come to Man. find out is Jack <laughs> Patachi. She does. Yes. This is Domino's brother. When I first saw this movie... This sequence confused the hell out of me because I was like, what is going on? I did not understand. Like, well, and they explain it again. Yes. So much better in Thunderball with the stealing of his nuclear warheads and the uh, corneal thing. And like, 
Did, so they took the... Per- so, okay. Walk me through this, because okay. I haven't... Forgive me, listeners. I haven't seen Thunderball. Did they steal the president's eyeball? So, they they don't really go into that, but it's implied <laughs> that they managed to replicate his corneal pattern and and basically fake a corneal scan. And implanted it? Scan. So, it's it's like a contact lens. Okay. When you actually... When you actually see it in the movie, it looks like so much more than a contact lens. It looks like he pulls like half a ping pong ball out of his eye. But yeah. <laughs> like, or, or like a, it, it looked like way too much to be a contact. And like, the uh, what's the guy's name? Jack. Jack. I forget his, his, his last name's not important. Patachi. Patachi. Jack Patachi. Because they had mentioned that he had surgery. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, the only thing I can deduce from this is that like, in this surgery, they like shoved his eyeball back into his head so they could get this corneal thing in there so he could fake this scan gotcha yeah um, before they kill him but what makes it worse is that the screenwriters used all this crazy verbiage in there to kind of i guess heighten the material and make it sound more official and interesting right right but it only kind of confused me because i quote this is what i pulled from wikipedia because i actually had to look up the details of this scene (laughs) jack uses his disguise to get around the eye recognition security at raf station at american military base in england he replaces dummy warheads with nuclear warheads specter's plan is then to extort the nato governments and I was like, whoa, that's, okay. a, that's a lot of information for a little five-minute scene, but yeah. okay. Wow. Uh, he pulls out that weird eye contraption thing and looks into it. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when Fatima sees Bond in the shadows being an awful spy. He really was. <laughs> She's like, oh. And the thing is, she was like, oh, it's 007. You know, <laughs> so much for the secret spy thing again. Everyone knows him somehow. It's yeah, but the fact that she didn't you see the name badge? I did. He likes to identify himself everywhere he goes. Oh yeah, yeah. He keeps flying through the air in front of me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Jack was smoking again, and she, she beats the shit out of him. She really does. Like it's like, so. I'm like, whoa. Like it seems like girl. they should. I don't know. It, it must be just a, it, it, just a domineering thing because like they, she knows they're gonna bump him out in a few days. What's the point in not letting him smoke? Right. Yeah, just, enjoy mean, yourself. There's a fire in the room. It's not like it's that much. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it seems so over the top, but it's a Bond movie, so I shouldn't complain. Uh, so that. Jack's face is bandaged, but Bond sees him doing some sort of retina scan. Fatima sees Bond spying on them and sends Lippe to kill Bond. So we have in Thunderball, it was Count Lippe, and this one it's just Lippe. It's just this big, big brawny guy and mm-hmm. a. We have to touch on this really extended and kind of wacky fight sequence like i feel like they made bond too weak like in this fight sequence like and i don't think they know what medicine rooms at clinics look like because it was like a laboratory in there i'm I'm just guessing that even most chemistry labs don't have like beakers of urine samples and other odd chemicals just sitting around that's how he kills him he throws urine in his face well it does well cause him to back up into something and he gets stabbed in the back yes i mean but did it not like when it hit his skin and he covers his eyes and starts screaming. Oh, did I thought it, it was not, acid like, for a second. Like, I was about to say, did it my, not make this sound? It did. And like smoke was coming up from his his hands. I'm Things like, we've learned. James what? Bond has acidic pee. <laughs> Apparently. You're going to have to um, cut that out, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But it's, it's all just. No uh, water games uh, for uh, James uh, Bond. No. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, maybe was it the. the Co- co- colonoscopy, the colonic, or the tea into um, acid. Wrong hole. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely wrong hole. Um. 
Oh, goodness. So in the end, they all get away with it. He kills Lippe, and he, he backs himself up into those beakers, and it breaks, and all that good stuff. Fatima meets up, and or she rides along with Jack, and Jack's just kind of, yeah, we did it. And then she throws a snake in his car. Kills weirdest, him. Weirdest way to kill somebody ever, by the way. Throwing a snake <laughs> yeah. in the car. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why not just, like, run him off the road? In case or... y'all were looking for an untraceable way to kill somebody, I have it on good authority that throwing a snake in their window <laughs> will cause them to crash your car, and then you can hug it and then you as can you hug blow your snake up their... And blow their car up. What if it's not the snake? What if she's like, Jack, we did it! And she rolls down the window, and she throws out, like, her urine and throws it in her... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God! In this particular universe, urine is acidic. Yep. yep. Oh. That's just the way that well, they're going to kill people in this movie, just for urine at least in their face. enough to cause skin damage. I have no idea what the pH of urine is, and I'm pretty content with that. <laughs> Don't need to know you that. put that little uh, pH <laughs> stick some, in it, and it turns, like, green. Some, <laughs> so, oh, um, no. Some, someone is going to comment on the Facebook page on that. God. <laughs> Blofeld sends his extortion message. Bond reports to M, and M's this crazy pessimist. Okay. Yeah, we get that video that Dr. Evil spoofs in the Austin Power films. Oh, and he's he just does. like, send me $1,000. It, it is nice to see see those references from, from later in lives. I and mean, we're growing up and going, yeah. oh, that's where they got that. Cause yeah, that's where that came from. That's all austin powers was was making fun of james bond but it was nice to be like oh that's where that thing comes from and just see those kind of kickbacks exactly m reactivates the double o section he's getting those points from being a grumpy pants i see a common theme with the reactivation of the double o seven program oh my goodness see (laughs) mm, okay talk to me john see well i'm just gonna say see specter that's so yeah i was there i know we talked listen to the specter podcast as we've We've, we've glossed past this. What did you guys think of the missile sequence? The low-flying missiles? The low-flying missile sequence. <laughs> that everybody was on the beach and just chilling, and it goes by, and they're like, oh, surely that's an airplane. No one looked up. Like, no one no cared. No one looked up. No you one... know, yeah, yeah. There, it's just like seagulls flying by. Like, I mean, like, it, 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 like visually, it, it looked exactly like the speeder bike chase from Star Wars. <laughs> it did. Like, and I, I was realized this was watching. I was going, man, we've really let that slide in Star Wars, didn't we? Yeah. On Endor, you can get away with these things. <laughs> but I don't know. It was just, yeah, they put it in the most unrealistic it was just, environment. It was, just, it was weird. I mean, like, and you could have gotten away with it. At the, I think what made it really weird is that we're, like, flying over beaches, like you said. Had we, had we gotten to the end and we'd just seen that kind of, like, you know, mm. clearly we've blue screen or we've hidden the wire holding the dummy missile over the water, we would have kind of let that go. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but add in people, and all of a sudden, just a bunch of disbelief goes away. Oh, I mean, and then we throw a snake in the car. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I guess that boat overrode the guidance system and, and, and caused the scene to crash. Like, that was a little vague. Like, we're on this boat, and all of a sudden, the missile's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but speaking of boats, we are now at the Flying Saucer. Oh, yeah. We are on the fl- What a weird name for a boat. Well, like in Thunderball, it's called the Disco Volant, and that makes a little more sense. But it's it's Italian for flying saucer. <laughs> I was gonna say the, 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 there the we are, thing, but, but it sounds cooler it in does Italian. Sound cooler. <laughs> it does it sound does, so much cooler. Some things should not be translated. Oh, I'm on the flying saucer, guys. We, he, he took the time to translate "say la vie" for us at one point. I was like, don't <laughs> Everyone don't, knows what that means. Don't, don't translate. She was like, "What?" <laughs> well, and Largo is a creeper, where he has a creeper room and watches Domino and oh, his. Yeah. Fat Fabulous dance instructor. Boy, howdy, he's a creeper. 
which he gets really jealous that this dance instructor is getting like really close and really doing these sensual dance the moves. The dance with instructor Domino. who would clearly rather be snuggling with Largo, right? Which, yeah, and he comes in, he's just like, "Oh, hello, hello," you know, and he just very reactionary. And the dance instructor is immediately putting his hands up in the air, like, "Oh, I didn't touch her. I wasn't touching her. See, see," and it's like. Dude, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, but it's You're like fine. He, yeah. But it's like <laughs> yeah. he understands that the perceived risk because Largo is weirdly jealous and controlling and yeah, it's like yeah. he's like he's like no 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 I swear I'm not interested don't touch it no 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 not me <laughs> <laughs> only Largo would take offense to like a gay man touching his wife uh, so he gives her that that really pretty necklace made from the tears of Allah that claimed that he, he was like oh it's very it's oh, the most God. priceless thing thank I you own. when it looks like it's something that he like finger painted <laughs> or picked up in a gift shop in, or an antique store picked just... up in a gift shop in panama city it and... really does look like one of those fancy shells that you can pick up like one of yeah. those things like they have the yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about i i like that green color though i like that little sure that, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna um, be your new bedroom color it will be it will be <laughs> So we meet Algernon. Q, but not um, Q? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go, okay. to, we go to Algernon, and he even meets Q, and he's like, man, Q Branch has really changed. Yeah. And this was their dig at the original series, at the main series, because he says, I'm glad you're back, 007. Things have been awfully dull around here. And he just was throwing so much shade at <laughs> just how the series had progressed. Uh, Shady palm trees. Yep. Yep. Uh, mm. Yay, Algernon. I, I feel like the actor did the best that he could with what, what he was given to exactly. work with. Exactly. He was I not just, given a lot. It's no. one of those things that had it had we not even gone down Q Road, if this was not a Bond flick, then it would have been like, well, that was weird. Well, but it wouldn't have been bad. Mm-hmm. You know? And at this point in the main series, we've had a few M's, but we've only had one we've Q. Only had, and, we have, and, and he is, I think everyone can agree, the most loved character in James Bondisms. Yeah, yes. and I don't think, and I think yeah. they knew that too. I cannot. It was kind of wise. Say mean things about Desmond Llewellyn. Right, and it was very smart of them to not include Q because we Im- immediately would have been taken yeah. out, and been they, like, to "That's only not Q." Hint yeah. Q and move on. Yeah, um, but we go off to the Bahamas and we meet a bumbling, endlessly employed. My, my note I have written down here literally is, "Dear God, it's Rowan Atkinson." Yes. <laughs> Apparently, this was his first movie. Was it really? Yeah. So, so I see him and I was like, is that, that's Mr. Bean. And then I had, I stopped the movie because this is where I, I jumped IMDb because my brain went, oh, it's Mr. Bean. And I looked, I was like, no, Mr. Bean didn't happen yet. <laughs> I was like, so it's not Mr. Bean. Oh, it's Edmund Blackadder because that's the other character that, that we should know him for. And I was like, this is quite literally at the beginning of Blackadder. So now I have to rewatch all those things and go, oh God, it's Mr. Small Fawcett. <laughs> Nigel Small Fawcett. And in the Bahamas, no one is subtle about anything. No, like he immediately not. gets there and Yells that woman out. on the boat's like, Oh, hello, where are you going today? And I'll and, catch uh, you later. Yeah, yeah. And, and then here comes Nigel and he's just like bouncing around, which I thought he was pretty funny. I, I thought, thought he was funny too. I, I loved him as a character. I thought, I mean, I've, I've never not liked anything Rowan Atkinson did. Oh, for sure. Right. He's one of those guys that just hand him the worst thing in the world and it'd be hysterical. We have that really wacky 80s sex montage with Bond and Fatima. <laughs> what was that? Sexy time on a boat. Um, the, the boat was clearly in a storm of some sort, I and guess. Like, and like, <laughs> she like leans back into view. And, oh, yeah. And, and like, he's like, no, oh, come hither. Oh, she doesn't just lean back into view. She leans back and then she starts like rocking and pulsating. Yeah, like, and then she goes back up. Were either of you in directing class with me in undergrad? Not in your class specifically. I don't think so. Okay, so. 
I managed to get somebody laid in every scene I did in directing class <laughs> or make Very reference nice. to it. Um, Hell yes. But this reminds me of some really awkward directing choices made while I was trying to, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why Kate let me do that other than to like, that's that's not something you should hand someone who is particularly a, a carpenter and not a director and is taking this class because they have to. Oh, that's funny. That's fantastic. So weird 80s sex montage with bluesy saxophone. It's just so funny. And then we go diving. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, the sh- <laughs> the shark. Puts, yeah, she puts a shark homing device on him <laughs> that sends out these weird beeps that attract sharks. I still don't understand. I, think, what the- I believe I saw like a, 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 re- a receiver of some. I saw the receiver, and at first I was like, and is that a remote-controlled shark? And then I, I realized I like, that it was a, a remote- free-thinking shark. It was a free-thinking shark, apparently, with some sort of implant that made it. I, I don't know what... Like a pheromone type of thing I where it's like, I, I must like chomp the, on whatever the, the hell. The beep I would get, but I would think she would just, you know, leave him in the water and chum him or something. <laughs> or like cut him like, so he starts bleeding and then the shark's like, ooh, fresh blood. That and like worked very well. Yeah. You know? like why go, That's actually a, the most sensical idea <laughs> is just cut him. Liz, why would you this remake this thing? movie? Would you please just cut James Bond instead of... We don't need anyone to remake this movie I was going to say the again. third remake. Third of never Bond. say never say never again. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on um, keeping. <laughs> well, um, a third whack at Thunderball. Oh God! I have this note here that in the original script had actual robot sharks. So it. they were meant to be robots. In theory, I guess that was their original idea. And now it, 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 they were just real sharks, just with implants or oh, something. So I don't get it. Okay, um, but sure. Did it look like that that shark was actually harmed when that thing that big? pillar like crashed down on him it looked like um, it kind of crushed him i mean I, I would assume so but i also feel like we were definitely using a robot shark to i don't feel like we had an actual shark maybe we did i don't i don't know that horse jumped off that cliff at the end <laughs> was that a real horse well i mean that please jump tell me was it real. wasn't it, that jump was real but no. we'll we'll get to that scene because i watched that and i was like surely that's a dummy horse and then they showed the shot of the horse swimming to shore and i was like oh, <laughs> surely that was taken after the fact because i'm really worried for this horse uh, I, I feel like we special effects engineered the shark Okay, a dummy I hope so. in the water, a taxidermied shark. I mean, some something. Something. Well, Peta threw a big bit after this movie because oh, really? of that horse sequence. So I blame them. Because I mean, let us remind ourselves: this is post Jaws. So we've already seen mm. actually pretty decent looking sharks in a large format. Very smaller. True. We should be able to get away with it. And yeah, that's true. I guess that is I could true. Do some reading on the shark, but I don't. Um, want to. Oh, this movie is so boring. Um, let's. <laughs> Oh, he gets rid of the device and the shark, and he meets that Fisher girl again. Yes, she catches him later. She ca- <laughs> Oh, God. Um, but then she puts him in denim overalls <laughs> so and a funny. Fisher hat. So well, Can so we on the boat. reverse back to the first time she catches him when she's, like, skiing or whatever and, like, goes into his arms? Did y'all see that windsurfer in the background? No. no. That just completely wipes out? Oh, no. <laughs> like, they're having... <laughs> so it, let's, let's say it's me and you, Jono, having dialogue, and then literally, like, if we're right here, it was right... Ah, oh, y'all can't... Because you're listening, so this doesn't make sense. Over Liz's Go right back shoulder. and over my right shoulder, there's a, a windsurfer coming along, and then... Liz and John are facing each other. Over Liz's right shoulder, windsurfer. And then 
he just face plants <laughs> straight into the water and then you see an arm come up and he tries to pull himself back up and like by the end of their conversation he's he's back up on his windsurfer and he's he's back going again that, that poor extra but just for that split second <laughs> that poor extra got that gig because he could windsurf yep. and then and then blew, blew it. it so hard and, and they probably shot that scene what like six or seven times and then or maybe even more than that and then he goes to the theater and be like here's my debut guys family come watch and they showed and that the one you take see him eat falls, it probably. <laughs> or what if that was just like that was the best of maybe all the takes that they had where he just kept That's wiping out probably why that well see i'm wondering if 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 it was just the best for the two actors in terms of their dialogue and so they were just like eh, oh. he's an extra no one's gonna pay attention oh they might have they might but, have but i see everything <laughs> So Fatima sets a bomb under Bond's bed and detonates it. You know, this... That was actually a good scene. I this was loved great. the sequence. This was great. Where yeah. he was in the Fisherwoman's hotel room instead. Very nice sequence. And he got to make... He actually got to make a great pithy Bond joke about making the choice between your uh, your place or mine. Right. That was great. And they that, had was, a... that was an excellent moment. Yes. That is the kind of Sean Connery moment that I need in this James Bond film. Yes. yes. If they're going to call this James Bond, then... Th- that, that was, was the good. kind of That's kind of thing I needed. Kudos, also, kudos. without awkward sex blocking. Yes, <laughs> well, <laughs> they had another '80s montage. Oh of, like, my god! Sex. <laughs> How is sex he not riddled dude. with STDs at this point? Who says he's not? Uh-huh. All the women that he keeps sleeping. Well, mm-hmm. I guess that's what a parting gift. Could be a reason that be he like, only sleeps with them. I slept with James Bond, and then be like, "Yeah, but have you gotten yourself checked since then?" <laughs> right? Uh, like, I mean, everyone else in the world knows who he is. Like, I'm sure these women do. You know, surely I didn't think about oh. that. Like, how everyone's like, "Oh, Mr. Bond, hello!" And so is he that good that all these women are like, "Gosh, I can't wait for my turn." Well, that's an ongoing thing. Like, I'll in the trade cl- the clap for. <laughs> We mentioned Great it in bed. Man with a Golden Gun. It's mentioned all like probably in a good five or six movies where an ally that he needs to make contact with in another country is like, oh, Mr. Bond, your reputation precedes you. And you're like, you're a Secret Service agent. How is this happening? Why right. do you know me? You know, and, and but I can only imagine maybe the same thing happens with the women, too, where they know who this man His is. His reputation precedes him. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, I have to make this conquest. <laughs> For all these random women, it's, it's not his reputation that precedes him. Um, so it's never a random meetup. It's just people that have been stalking him stalking forever him. that are like, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky of me to find you again. <laughs> Quotations. Or maybe he's that bad that that's why they never come back. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, we're really deconstructing But what does that this. say about Tracy? Wasn't she almost a kept woman? Like wow. she was under the protection of her father, so maybe she d- hadn't had that experience. So this maybe it was her first. Poor so she Tracy just thought he was fantastic. When in truth, she had nothing with which to compare. Okay, it makes me feel even worse for Tracy. Right? Yeah. Oh, poor Tracy. <laughs> Let's all just take a brief moment for Tracy. Just a moment of silence. So in France, Bond creepily meets Domino at a massage clinic. Okay, this massage <laughs> clinic. This is so messed up. This is so messed weird. up. This is, this is so not right. How, when they shot this, I mean, you can look at a lot of the things that James Bond does in this series from a certain lens and just go, huh, okay, I get where they were going with that. That was cute, but whatever. When they were shooting this, how did they not see that this was creepy AF? I guess you could say it was a different time, 
But it's still kind of. But it still comes off as creepy. I'm trying hard to imagine a time when this would not be creepy, Mm. and I, because at any point when you'd be going to a massage clinic, and I feel like by the time massage clinics became a thing and in spas, I I just I don't see a time when this wouldn't be right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what this reminded me of is in *Live and Let Die* when he tricks out that tarot deck and he fools solitaire into sleeping with him. She loses her powers and she gives up everything for this this joke that he was trying to pull. And this is the exact same thing. He's just a manipulative asshole. Gross. So, so he spots the yacht, the flying saucer. He meets up with Felix. Wait, Felix. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Said we, we yeah. do meet Felix. After we find out where, I think, as well as after we find out where Largo's boat is going, we get the weirdest entrance of Felix Lighter ever. It's also my favorite entrance of Felix Lighter ever. <laughs> Let's just throw something at your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a apple baseball candle. I don't even know. What I don't remember, but it was a projectile of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he meets Felix. Citrus fruit. Well, and Nicole, who is Agent 326, and she's just kind of like the French contact. This movie was just so casual with Felix. They didn't make a big deal because usually it's, oh, Felix Leiter's back. We, oh, oh, he's we, here, we, we my friend. We didn't do much with Felix. Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed his presence, though. Like, Yeah. I feel like had this actor been Felix in an actual Bond film, we would have enjoyed him. Shade. <laughs> I'm playing, but no, no, I, you're right. I agree. Um, sitting under an umbrella over here. Take this character of Felix. Forget this actor, but take this character mm-hmm. in this movie. Would you have remembered him at all if he had not been black? Uh, and that's not saying anything towards... towards instinctively, the, I want to say yeah, but... I like this actor, and I think... What, maybe it is more the actor. I don't... I, because... I feel like there are moments that are written that if you'd handed them to a white actor would not have worked, because the dialogue was much well, sure. like... Much like uh, Bart was written in Blazing Saddles, and all these, the dialogue was written for a black actor. Right. Well, the, and the character even, was constructed for. But even if the dialogue had been changed, and it was just a very vanilla character, and like I don't feel like this character, this oh, iteration, yeah, no, was memorable at all. It's the actor. But I think you could say that for most of the characters in this movie. Oh, that's very true. And really, most of our Felixes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Most of our Felixes are fairly forgettable. Yeah, Felix from Goldfinger. Which one is the one where he almost gets killed by the shark? Oh, that's David Hedison. Now, he had played Felix in Live and Let Die and License to Kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say that, well, but he was also a central part of that plot. Right. So he had to be memorable. (laughs) Um, Yay, we have Bernie, uh, I forgot his name. Um, not Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. No, not, not Bernie Lighter. Sanders. <laughs> Give me two seconds. That's all. Although I would have, I would. Bernie not, Casey. I would not have opposed a Bernie Sanders Felix Slider. Oh my god, <laughs> be so strange. Alrighty, and now we are at the casino where Bond meets Largo, and they play that the weird, weird laser weird. domination. Weird, weird domination Which laser was game. A laser torture game. Now, it, go ahead. <laughs> in theory, when we were just talking about this, it's actually a pretty fun idea for. It's a quirky idea for a movie like this. When watching it, I hate it. I, I just there's there's something about it that's like, why is James Bond playing a video game? What what is happening? It. But I like the idea. But I just talking about it. Here's what I'm feeling like: is it 
we're in the eighties. We're in we're in the early eighties, and this is when video games are like really on the fringe of starting to become things. Yes, this is just prior to this, so we we know it's coming a little bit. I feel like, and I feel like they're trying to be cool to the kids. Look, we're playing this cool video game. Is the concept of the game kind of like Pandemic mixed with that? Uh, I'll electrocute you if you lose game. Probably. Have y'all played Pandemic? Do you know what that is? No. no. Pandemic is is where you create a virus or a bacteria and you try to wipe out the whole world's population, country oh. by country. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't very sure of the rules of this game. The rules I, I, were, I wasn't. It seemed like it's. It seemed like you mean you were trying to take over particular lands by firing lasers at different regions in them or maybe yeah. to represent military installations or something. But And I'm assuming population the, had something to do with it because certain areas got, were worth more than others. Worth, I would yeah. assume that like the, the population, GDP, I mean... It, something, yeah. We, we could assume a lot of factors mm-hmm. in there. I feel like the United States was grossly undervalued at $342,000. <laughs> yeah. um, even in 1983, I feel like we were worth more than that. I'm just saying. I hope we were um, Spain was only worth God. nine grand, and I know for a fact they're worth that movie. for the alone. Um, <laughs> Bond wins, and he asks to dance with Domino instead of the payout. Right, right. And riddle me this. If you were the person that he asked to dance with, how would you have <laughs> reacted if you were dancing with him, and he just says, oh, by the way, your sibling is dead? How would you react to this? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that was a, that weird noise was a yawn. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, was that reaction? <laughs> oh, we're at that point in the movie. Sorry, <laughs> um, inspired by the dialogue. I don't know anyone who could, I mean, either be told not to react and then be told that and not react, mm-hmm. or be told that and then be told not to react and have not reacted already. <laughs> like I just, unless you came from a unless... really emotionally. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm tight-lipped what, upbringing. What if she just like stopped dancing, just started screaming, just like going into hysterics? No! No! <laughs> she starts slapping no! him. <laughs> so what does it so? <laughs> that whole scene doesn't make sense to me Mm-mm. for so many reasons. But her no. lack of reaction to being told her brother was dead was. It was sad. She was in a position where she couldn't, and because he was still trying to protect her and. He tells her Jack is dead, Largo is the prime suspect, and she's like, oh shit, I'm staying with this man. And we return to that poor maitre d' that he fools into holding that cigarette case <laughs> that, that turns amazing. out to be that was, said it was a bomb. <laughs> oh, that was girl. amazing. Manipulative asshole. That's uh, what <laughs> Bond is. Uh, Max also tells Fatima that it's her last chance to... That's right. And she like skips mm. away. She's just she's like, like doo I finally you know. Yeah, she literally is making that sound as she's going down the stairs. She's like <laughs> In her dress made of garbage bags. In the num- in <laughs> in her dress made of garbage bags in the number of ways she could have already killed him. <laughs> right? Like, you yep. could have just doinked him and shot him. Yeah. Or strangled him with your dress. Right? Or your legs. It's Thrown urine. Or your legs. I mean right. I mean we're going to clearly use the death by legs motif later on in Bond movies. So. Oh, yeah, in a much better way. In a much better way. Um, so we return to the villa. Nicole is dead. Who is Nicole? Why are, you, why are you there? Yeah. Why are Agent you there, Nicole? 26, no last name. Was she wearing a red shirt when we met her, by the way? I feel like that would have been a sign. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> There's a car chase with Fatima. And then... How did you like the car chase? I didn't mind it. I, didn't, I mean... I actually kind of enjoyed it. I feel like, yeah. you know, every... 
It, I feel like it made up for the shark chase. I feel like the, mm. the motorcycle escape from the truck was great. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was great. Yes. That was the, great. The motorcycle getting slowly pushed into the truck was made absurd. me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if he was just going to do that, why didn't he go ahead and go up into the truck? And It's yeah. like when you're trying to get a puppy to get in your car and you're like, come on. Boop, boop, come on. <laughs> you just push him you from behind. You, you can, can do, do it. it. He's like, ugh, fine. fine and he gets up and then he's like, just kidding. Bye, y'all. Spin around. Uh, yeah. Bye, kids. I, I enjoy it. It's great, though. And I think the weird standoff we end in is great. Um, oh, yeah. Her death sequence is really crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. We um, get to use Algie's pen. Which, <laughs> maybe it's just me, but that pen was never made clear from the beginning because i i mean it was very vague yeah like he used it in this in the lab but he didn't or it was faulty and it was just nothing was ever just kind of made clear so yeah when he shot her with it and uh, of course it like penetrated her skin she was just kind of like what and bond was like oh shoot my pin just like faulty device and meanwhile i was like what is happening right now like there wasn't a good way to react to a botched device. It was just like, eh. but it really did work. It just had a time sensor sensitive thing. But I wish he had done like if if to have done that and, and been like, oh, it's botched, but then not follow up with anything. I was like, yeah. you're a secret agent. Like you've no other option. You're yeah. just gonna be like, oh darn, I'm dead. You, you've been made to sit on the floor like somebody's kid brother and yeah. write this note. And now yeah, you're... piece her ego and uh, yeah. Well. I guess I can say this maybe about 20 minutes ago, but this is the part of the movie where I kind of tune out mm-hmm. after her death. This, when he gets captured again and he meets up with Largo, he kisses Domino and Largo goes nuts on that ship. That's the point where we were back yes. in that dance room. We At- get the weird scuba sequence where mm-hmm. Bond gets pulled in and Felix just kind of gets to take the rest of the movie pretty much off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the part of the movie where it gets a little foggy for me because I, I literally do zone out. When they go to North Africa mm-hmm. and it's just it, – it's a weird, weird sequence. I totally fell asleep in here somewhere for about five minutes. Yeah, well, probably I was you like, didn't miss anything. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you didn't miss like anything. I, I, yeah, I just I woke back up. I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going. So we are in North Africa right now, and Largo puts Domino up for sale, <laughs> just <laughs> in the middle of the square. Because he's a parent. Well, I mean, he, he's done with her. He's I forget, the the scene with the jade sculpture, and she breaks and she it, snaps it. Yeah, well, he kind of like shoves it out of her hand, doesn't she? Didn't yeah, he? I mean, like I yeah, felt like he was kind of. I felt like he put it to her, and then was like knocked it out of her hands, and was like, "Oh, you broke it. What have you done?" But her reaction was. So okay. stagnant. Like, yeah. she just kind of just... looks down and is like, okay, well, there you go. Kim Basinger. I mean, what do you think of her as Domino? I don't think she had a lot to work with as Domino. I don't think she had a lot to work with. I don't think the fact that she's never seen a Bond movie prior to shooting it helped. <laughs> I think that oh, I, definitely made yeah, things um... a little worse in terms of, like, knowing your... Knowing, knowing your part. Knowing your part and where you fit in that universe. Yeah. There are certain cues that are expected from Bond girls mm-hmm. that she just was not aware of. Sure. I, I also think she was really young in her acting career. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like as she got older, she kind of matured in that and dropped some habits. But I think some of those habits were still prevalent in this movie. I think Largo is the closest. And, and Fatima, really. But um, I wish everyone could have lightened up in this movie. Yeah. This, I mean. It was I, so serious, but also, like, on a really stagnant level. Yeah. This is kind of boring, you know? 
Bond is imprisoned. Bond escapes. He saves Domino and kills a horse. No, the the horse lives in the end, but we, he jumps off a cliff. We jump off a cliff on a horse. Yeah, and I like how like it's it's kind of like a voiceover. It's it's put in there where she's like, "Wait, what are you doing? Stop!" <laughs> <laughs> As they're jumping off that that roof. I... Um, that poor horse. Poor horse. Right? He did not sign up for this. No. He just gets thrown off a building. At um, some point through here, we cut to a, a brief shot of Felix coming up on shore. So Felix saves the day out of nowhere with did, the Navy. Did anybody notice that when we were diving by the boat, Felix didn't have anything on his head? And when we got to shore, he pulls a headpiece off? I did not Now that, that you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. I, I actually think I, like, of it. I saw it. I was like, wait a minute. That's not right. And I backed up. I, like, oh, uh, I think I let a lot of things egg. slide with this movie because I was too busy looking at how much time was left. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I did check it a couple dozen times. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> and watch some some poor soul out there that's like, this is my favorite movie ever. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I, Sorry, I, person. I, oh, I, but know. here's a fun fact. Um, guess who was the martial arts instructor on this movie? Wasn't it Steven Seagal? Yes, it was. Really? Oh, and he broke Sean Connery's wrist. wrist. Yep. Yeah. During that is a prep. fun fact. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So anytime there was any sort of martial arts, I tried to think about that and added like, an extra okay, layer of fun cool. to the movie. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, so we go back to the Tears of Allah. There's a fight. They arm the warhead. Largo escapes with the warhead, and then there's the Swing underwater the underwater sequence. cave with the jet pods. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just like the original Thunderball movie, it's Domino that pulls the trigger and shoots Largo. Yay! yay. That shoots. whole sequence. Well, yay! Actually, first that off, was, but... that was actually I kind of like the, the way they did that, where you you know see Largo raising the harpoon, and then you see a harpoon fire and what hits him. Like, yeah, I liked that, and then we see Domino, and it's like. But then yeah. I thought they took way too long to give her an underwater reaction when she's in a mask. Because they had that whole thing where she's like trying to grab onto him and he's like, no, go to the top. You don't see her face. You don't see her eyes. But I, I'm assuming that's supposed to be her freaking out about the fact that she just killed somebody. But I felt like they just held too long on that moment <laughs> when you can't really see what's happening anyway. No, no. She had that giant scuba mask on. And yeah. Just okay, can't girl. really emote. Uh, I'm but- sure you're freaking out. Let's go to the top. <laughs> right. Well, and Surface. Most people's biggest gripe with Thunderball, the original movie, is with this sequence. Um, because the whole battle that they have takes place underwater. Mm-hmm. So it's twice as long. Because everyone's moving in kind of slow motion. <laughs> and no one's able to this escape. This did tidy that up pretty well. I, I, I will admit, it did. And it, it did. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I mean, as well as one can have a awkward underwater... Right. harpoon fight over a nuclear weapon and the, right the score to thunderball it didn't really help it was great music in, in the end but the music was very much that slow mario like the underwater sequence in mario like those games <laughs> where it's like do 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 and you're like oh my god please (laughs) fast forward and only when you fast forward it does it go in like regular motion (laughs) so you're it's oh my god um so we can just make it make it do that and play through right right (laughs) um the warhead is disarmed hooray everyone is saved and next in the final scene we see domino in her tiger bathing suit 
uh-oh, there might be a threat out there. Oh, no, it's Nigel again. It's he gets Mr. tossed in the pool. <laughs> it's Mr. It's Mr. Bean. He gets tossed into the pool. You just can't catch a break. And, uh, and needs him to return to service. Yep, and he goes, never again. And then Domino comes out of nowhere and goes, never. Bond gives her a kiss. He winks at the screen, and it's a freeze frame. <sighs> the old uh, oh, Why? God. <laughs> Why? They thought they were going to do this again, I guess. Um, funny story about that. Um, okay, so there was a deleted scene where Blofeld was actually killed by his cat that had uh, poison-tipped claws. Which I thought, where would that fit in here? But that's really cool, actually. You know, get some finality on the Blofeld character. Where would that fit? What a bond way to die. Um, the cat. claws on the cat. Right. And, and who would do that? Like, Blofeld? Well, Bond would never... He never saw Blofeld in this movie. Right? No, but it feels like one of those things that Blofeld would do, and then he would accidentally get scratched by his own cat. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Like, and then it's, they... just a, it's a Bond villain way to die. We cat claws in poison, and you'll get scratched by the cat. Oh, God, I got scratched by my own cat. And then the cat eats his eyes. Yes. Oh, my God. Do you know, you know cats do that, yeah? No. If you die, the cat will eat your eyes. I'm serious. Look it up. I promise. The facial expression Whoa. that Jono has right now is one of <laughs> what one of, shock and fear. Oh. Jono, do you have a cat? No, oh, no. Okay, no. we have a cat. So like, I'm sitting here going, my cat would, my no. Yeah, I promise. Not. Look it up. I'm telling you, they oh. wait till you die and then they just <laughs> eat them right out of your face. How did that go again? All right. <laughs> That's the sound it would make, too. Um, like but, a Yoshi. <laughs> but when you said uh, they're standing it for if they did this again, um, the crazy, crazy producer who wanted to do this, who kept the rights for me and Fleming and never allowed the main series to do Blofeld or Spectre, he wanted to do another remake of this movie called what? Warhead 2000. Yeah, it felt could have had a third whack at Thunderball. Yes. You can't see my face, but I'm disgusted. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's. Oh my god. You could have picked any other movie. That's the well. The, 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 that's the only one that he had the rights to because he helped write the script for Thunderbolt. <sighs> to be fair, the story is actually like the story's good. Yeah. Like there's some there's some real potential in the story. However, <laughs> they keep screwing up the execution. Yeah, or rather, the first one was not great, and the remake was just not we, good. We did, my <laughs> after watching at this point, there were uh, thirteen, twelve, or thirteen James Bond movies. My original thought would not be let's remake Thunderball. That's the one that we need to remake, you know. And <laughs> I, and I get that he only had rights to Thunderball, but if, if create a new story, okay, so they would have done better question. on new story. If you could remake any of the Bond movies, which would you pick? Man with a Golden Gun. Okay. Because I think it's a fun story. I think Christopher Lee did a fantastic, amazing job as Scaramanga, but it's such a wacky and fun story. I would, I, I would like to see another story like that play out where there's a rival assassin after Who would him. you use as Scaramanga if you were oh. casting today? Options open. Gosh. Adam Sandler. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. Like, my brain wants to say Mads Mikkelsen. Because we've seen him oh, be a yeah. bad guy in a Bond flick, but we've also seen him be a bad guy in a Bond flick, and we can't yeah. do that again. Or um, we shouldn't do that again. Yeah. But someone who has that that gravitas, that you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. screen presence that could really like, oh man, he's met his match with this one. 
I'm, I don't know. I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing a quick Google search just to see if I can. What would you remake, Daniel? From Russia with Love. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Because it was also slow and. Yes, it was. I, <laughs> I think there's a chance to remake a really classic Bond movie and put a full orchestra in a studio and do a big classic style movie and give a little more life and spunk. For sure. What would you remake? I think it would be fun to remake Moonraker with modern technology. <gasps> Moonraker would be fun. That is that is a great idea actually. <laughs> that would be really interesting. That would be really really fun. I always make jokes about like please don't ever take Bond into outer space again, but I think that would actually be really fun. I think it could be done well now. And then the last fact of this entire movie, there was a rumor and this is this was never well, I say last fact. This was a, a big rumor at the time that there was an alternate ending to this movie. Ooh. And it was Connery, or this, it was James Bond and Domino walking down the street, mm-hmm. you know, to her little mansion thing that she has. They walk by Roger Moore, who's walking in the other direction. What? And they nod at each other, and Roger Moore says, never say never again. Them just kind of, like, acknowledging each other's presence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I think that would have put a... Put an awkward if nail this in were that a comedy <laughs> yeah yeah well and and the rumor states that both actors were willing to do this because actually while it, it was a rival franchise they were both really good friends hmm. connery actually gave the seal of approval for roger moore to originally take over the role you know after That's cool. so they were both up for it but the producers and the director were like no no that's that's a little too meta. <laughs> yeah, that's and that yeah, and kind of stupid. <laughs> but, First and foremost, it's stupid. But, but at the same time, like, look what the movie is. So really, would it have made a difference at this point? <laughs> would it really have ruined the ending than what we had with the freeze frame of him winking at the camera? Um, I think the freeze frame was less awkward. <laughs> I think it. Would've... I. Uh, it's. It's, it almost references the Roger Moore movies because they were silly and fun, but I think yeah. that, I think that him walking past another Bond and that Bond randomly saying "Never say never again" oh my God, would have just so <laughs> with <laughs> no prompting, it, yeah, like, with yeah, especially just, if, if by some chance no one had ever seen the main series <laughs> and they were like, "Who is like, this you guy?" Would have to get you would have to give it suit to give him some reason to say it, and then it would still be weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they just walked into a bar and sat down and they happened to sit next to Roger Moore and he just raised a glass at him, that I could have bought. Like if they yeah, walked yes. up to a cabana bar and been like, oh, a Mai Tai with Roger Moore, that I could have bought. Right. With some sort of line that would have prompted a response of never say never. I don't even, need, I don't think you but... need the response. I think just having the other Bond in the room would have been. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like all the Bonds at that point come walking. George How Lazenby, weird would that be? And they're just like, hello. <laughs> hey man, you want a drink? <laughs> right. So that is never say never again. Yay. Yay! Yay! I am curious if there is anybody listening who is like, this is my favorite Bond movie. I, I'm very curious about that as well. And I, if this applies to you, please write in. Write in. <laughs> yes. Because I'm just in, curious. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm curious. I've, I've actually enjoyed the responses that we've gotten from people all yeah. along. It's been nice to get them. Um, yeah. We, we would be remiss if we did not thank somebody who is very kind enough to mention Liz and I specifically in an email. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luke and Hi, Joplin. Luke. Hi. Thanks. Thank you for listening and for your kind words. Uh, keep, please stick with us. We've, uh, there's lots more coming. Absolutely. We're about to, to gear up for the Star Wars season. Yes. We have one final episode to go, Casino Royale, the spoof. 
if you have never seen it, you actually should watch this. It's pretty fabulous. I really want to, it's based on, on the list. cast alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it looks fantastic. It's a crazy movie that do- does not make any sense at all. <laughs> but so I, it's right in the company with this one. Uh, no, this <laughs> literally has scenes. It, it contains scenes that that do not make any sense. You know, um, but that's never say never again. And also, I want to. Mm. Even though we did the films in order, like the main flagship series, yeah. this one technically was made later than than the Casino Royale spoof. But I kind of wanted to flip it for this because I refuse to let this to let Never Say Never Again be the final episode of season one. Absolutely <laughs> wise decision. Well, so, very good choice. Um, uh, and, and I again, I say that these are all just our opinions, and I didn't mean to just shit on a movie that I think some people really do enjoy out there. It might not be your favorite James Bond movie, but I think people do hold this a lot closer than Thunderball. I don't think it does. I don't, and you know, like I said, I think had it not tried to be a James Bond movie, had they just done a non-specific remake of Thunderball, I think they would have had a better product. Yeah. Yeah. Or contained elements of Thunderball, but not even make it a James Bond movie. Make it like a new spy franchise. Yeah, make yeah. a new spy mm-hmm. franchise. Or just make a random spy caper with Sean Connery. Yeah, but that's it. That's Never Say Never Again. Yay. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. For Thank you. coming in and spending so much time doing work on the Sagas podcast. It's Thank a you. pleasure. Thank fun. you so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is a wrap for both of you for season Aww. one. Woot! And we will... See you again in season two for the Star Wars season. Yes, we yes. will. Yes. Well, nothing but Star Wars. Bye. 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 You can listen to every episode and find our show notes on our official website, sagaspodcast.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions, so you can email me at sagaspodcast at gmail.com. That's S-A-G-A-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter at Sagas Podcast. I love film sagas because they have such passionate fandoms. Essentially, I'd like each season of this podcast to be a love letter to the movie sagas that we're covering. It's not just a film review podcast. It's a chronicle of passion. I really want to emphasize the connection and love many of you have towards these films and sagas. Help the unfamiliar become familiar with what makes these franchises so special. I'm excited to learn more about them as well. In the meantime, don't forget to rate us on iTunes so others can find us, and send me your thoughts and stories at sagaspodcast at gmail.com. This is John O'Davis, and I'll see you next week. Wizard Harry. You shall not pass! James Bond. James Bond.